This episode of Nomad Athlete Radio is brought to you by Spartan's Golden Gate Trail Classic Trail Races, with distances from 10K to 100K. And with the help of a partnership with Nomad Athlete, the Golden Gate Trail Classic will be a 100% plant-based event with all plant-based foods at aid stations and race festivities. Learn more about the trail races at goldengatetrailclassic.com. This episode is also brought to you by our very own Complement Plus, the perfect complement to a plant-based diet, with just the hard-to-get nutrients and nothing else. Learn more at lovecomplement.com and use code NOMEAT at checkout to save $10 off your first order. Hi, this is Hope. This is Kareem. Hi, this is Katie from Washington, D.C., and you're listening to Athlete Radio. Carly Taylor, thank you so much for spending a little bit of your uh, morning with us. It is 530 p.m. Uh, here in, in Colorado, but you are on the other side of the world. Um, so veganism has really gone global. You're in Sydney, Australia. So yes, I'm what, in the what future. Time? Yeah. Hey, that's cool. <laughs> it's it's 9.30 um, the next day. Okay. Got yes. it. Um, I had not uh, planned that. Well, I, uh, I always appreciate evening calls. Uh, so making use of these hours and um, and, uh, mm-hmm. and now I have a friend in Australia. So, so thank you again for, for making the time. I think okay, as with so most, uh, anytime. Um, so I think with most of these conversations, it's, it's probably best to start at the beginning. Um, I'd love to hear a little bit more, uh, of your story and you can take any, uh, definition of the beginning as you like, um, you know, <laughs> uh, the beginning of your life, the beginning of your story, the, the beginning of your, you know, journey as a, as a vegan activist, as a whole food plant-based eater, as a, a mindfulness and, and sort of yogi. Um, so yeah, please tell me where, wherever you want to start. Okay, great. Um, I think with the plant-based journey, I could pinpoint that to starting about, um, uh, six and a half years ago now, um, I was doing my second year of my undergrad degree. I did an exchange and it was funny because now I'm so obsessed with Australia, but back then I chose Australia just because I wanted to be close to the ocean and I wanted somewhere sunny and English speaking. Um, And I ended up doing an exchange at a university in Sydney. And it was the first time I was living away from home. I was 19 at the time. Um, And I think that that experience of living away from home, it really gives you the opportunity to um, to, to make some changes that you otherwise wouldn't have because you're not really influenced by the people around you or who, or who you have been. You can really start from scratch. Um, and I had some vegan friends who had been encouraging me to watch a couple documentaries. At the time, um, Earthlings was the big one. And I was really hesitant to, I knew what I was going to see. And I was like, yeah, but we need animal products to be healthy. And, um, and then I just kind of, it got to the point where I was like, I'm just going to watch it because I don't want to have my head stuck in the sand and then I can make an educated choice after that um and yeah I watched earthlings which was very influential to me um it wasn't a a direct jump into veganism right after that I still had some qualms about the health side of things and um for me it was a it, it was a slow journey of like one documentary and then another. I watched Cowspiracy and then I watched Gary Yarovsky's infamous speech on YouTube, um, and it was just it, it it was a journey towards um, more ethical choices in general. I started 
I started realizing that, um, you know, in living away from my family and living by myself on the other side of the world, um, it, it, my choices really weren't being influenced by anyone else at that point. Um, so I was really responsible for all the things that I was paying for and doing. Um, and I remember a moment, actually, I was standing in the grocery store and it was one of the first times I had to buy my own toilet paper, right? Because you move out of home and, and then there's that, there's that pivotal moment where you're like, oh, I'm adulting now. I'm buying my own toilet paper. And I remember standing in that aisle and being like, ah, like, do I spend the extra $2 on the, the toilet paper that doesn't cut down as many trees? And it was, it was like those moments where I would just pause and be like, huh, like this is on you now. Um, and veganism was kind of my first foray into um, thinking about things more more ethically and more holistically. Um, it started with me not wanting to um, cause suffering, obviously, because there's so much inherent suffering in the animal agriculture industries. Um, and then as I learned, you know, that there's not one essential nutrient in animal products we can't find in plant sources and like checking all the objections off my off my list, it just became more and more apparent that this was something that I needed to do to live in alignment with my own values. Um, and it's been an incredible journey. There's been so many, I wanna say, um, selfish benefits of going vegan. I, I've, I've met so many incredible people. I've um, you know, been able to be part of a community that has been so inspiring to me. And I feel like I've really found my people through it. Um, so many health benefits, you know, I, I used to have really bad acne in, in, um, in high school and beginning of university. And the second I cut out dairy was the major thing for me within two weeks, my skin was completely clear, which was insane. I tried so many, um, products and, and, and treatments and, and it was, it was the dairy, it was, it was the animal products. Um, so yeah, so I just, it was one positive thing after another, after I decided to go vegan. And there was definitely a journey with my activism in learning how to be, a little bit more pragmatic. I was very, um, you know, I, I really believed that I, I wanted to be speaking up for the animals the way that I would want to be spoken for if I was in their position. And at the time, to me, that meant just talking better wherever I could and, and feeling like the burden was really on my shoulders to like everyone I interacted with, I needed to get them a step closer to veganism. And I still, I still believe that to a degree. I think that, um, you know, wherever possible, if I can check um, objections off of people's list or, or, or plant seeds, or um, I really see it as adding points to their vegan bucket, like before it, before it inevitably tips. Um, but it's, it's been a shift away from feeling like that burden rests solely on my shoulders with everyone I interact with. And that's manifested in a much more um, pragmatic and I want to say effective um, form of activism and a much more peaceful life. Um, yeah. And, and yeah, I can. I, I can imagine that uh, when you put that sort of burden on you, uh, everything uh, uh, sort of gets wrapped up in it. I, I certainly can relate, um, although I, I wouldn't describe myself as a activist in the same way that, that I think uh, you have been in your life. Um, but certainly in, in my own group of friends and, and particularly family, you know, I think it's so hard for you to interact with people you care about um, and not, uh, you know, feel, feel compelled in so many ways, obligated to, to share with them. Because like you say, we've all experienced this transformation. Um, maybe it's like a karmic benefit. You just feel good about your role in the universe or, mm. or maybe it's something closer to acne, which sounds like both you and I 
have have seen benefits uh, <laughs> in in terms of uh, cleaning up our our diets, and it's just it's so hard, you know, to watch them, you know, drinking milk, right, or, or choosing, you know, nowadays especially, um, you know, I just uh, I, I I just um, went through this with my my dad. He was he was up staying with us for the weekend, and and he ordered a latte, and and he's made tremendous strides in his journey um mm-hmm. and uh and and now i think would would be defined as kind of a a, a vegetarian pescatarian um which is huge right for a, so a 73 year old man who you know has to you know cook for himself and and learn a whole new way of, of eating but but nowadays it's it's like it's so easy to order a uh, almond milk latte or an oat milk latte or pea milk latte, whatever it is. And, you know, weighing the environmental harm of almonds and all that stuff. Yes. Um, it's just so much easier than to, to go with the default cow's milk, you know, and, and yet, yeah, he did. And, and so of course I had to let him have it, uh, you know, and Tom, it's, mm-hmm. you know, so stupid. He's learned nothing, blah, blah, blah. And, <laughs> and it ends up just like making you feel bad. It adds toxicity to the relationship and probably doesn't actually push them that much further towards the outcome that you want. So, so totally. anyway, I, I guess all of that is to ask, um, was there a moment in, in your sort of activist life uh, that, that all of a sudden you decided like, I'm, I'm just gonna relax a little bit more. I'm, I'm not gonna <laughs> to be on the offensive so much like, or, or was it gradual? Tell me more about that. Yeah, it, it was, it was definitely gradual. Um, it, it was just, I mean, I always tried to approach it with compassion. I, I um, dipped my toe into more um, direct forms of activism in my early days as a vegan. Um, and I just, I, I found that, you know, while those, while those methods of activism are very impactful because the intention of them is not necessarily to um, influence the people that you're interacting with directly, but often to perhaps film it and then have this um, as something that a lot of people on the internet see from more of an indirect um, position and um, almost show that that it, it's no longer acceptable in society and society is shifting. And I think that is very important with regards to this being a social justice movement. Um, but especially in our interpersonal relationships, I've found way more success through just being incredibly loving and compassionate and supporting um, the, the people in my life that I love wherever they are on their journey. Um, and just, and, and recognizing um, while we have an ethical imperative, I think as a society to stop eating animals, to shift towards a plant-based agricultural system, um, we're, we're all at different places with our understanding um, of that. And it's, it's something that I think that the bottom line is, is we want to get there as quickly as possible. So we just, we need a pragmatic, effective approach. And I found that um, letting people come to you for the information, you know, like leading by example, being the kind of person that um, someone feels comfortable enough to come to you with their objections that then you can address is, is really important for setting the stage for those conversations that actually get them a step closer to um, you know, choosing those those plant based alternatives because otherwise it's just kind of, it's it's you doing something that that makes you feel like um, like you're standing up for the animals. But when you really take a step back, is is the way you said that is 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 this 
um, interaction you just had with a loved one, did that get them a step closer, a step a further way from veganism? And I think it's really important that as activists, we, we, we check ourselves often and, and we're self-aware enough to be able to answer that question honestly. Yeah, that's uh, an awesome perspective. Um, so uh, I, I'm, I'm going backwards, I re recognize, yes. but I, I have to ask, so at, at what point in, uh, in your journey did you say, I, I wanna create a platform, I wanna use my voice, was there a, a turning point? And, and this leads up to, um, well, I, I, won't, I won't ruin the, the punchline of you deciding to to de-platform yourself um, and to to take a, a break, which I really want to dig into because I think that's something that so many of us think about. Um, but but tell me, at, at what point did you kind of decide like you you didn't want to just influence the friends and family around you, but you wanted to become an influencer uh, on a much larger scale? Um, it definitely was not a, a planned thing. I never went into my journey with social media thinking, oh, I want to grow my platform or I want to, um, you know, this is what I want to do with regards to my impact with activism or for work. Um, it just, it, it was, it was very organic, which was pretty cool. Um, but I just, I, I had a personal Instagram. And of course, when I went vegan, I just started sharing the things I was learning, sharing the documentaries I was watching, sharing the food I was eating. And I mean, as much as, um, and, and like you said, we'll get into that, as much as I think it's important to take a break from and become very aware of your relationship with it, um, I think social media is an incredible tool. And it's, it's objectively, I'd say, the most powerful tool we have as activists to invoke change because where else do we have, you know, a platform of, of even if you have a, a tiny platform of just your closest friends of 50 people, where else do you get to talk to, to 50 or 500 or 500,000 people every single day? It's, it's just, it's unparalleled. Um, so I think that it's, um, it, it was something that I was recognizing was just simply really effective, just in me sharing um, my lifestyle and what I was learning. Um, there was just a lot of, of positive response of people asking questions of, of friends that I hadn't spoken to in ages being like, huh, like, that's interesting. Like, what about this? And just getting to have those conversations that I wouldn't have otherwise been able to have. Um, and yeah, as I started, I, I started just going to lots of vegan events and activism events around the world. Um, after I finished my undergrad degree, I studied biochemistry and psychology, um, which don't sound related because they're not, but I started with biochemistry and was just taking psych courses out of interest and ended up double majoring in that and loving psychology um, a lot more. Um, but I was gonna do dentistry with that and then decided that I didn't wanna be a dentist. It was a very dramatic epiphany um, after I had finished my four years, got into dental school and then was like, wait, this isn't for me. And my my you know journey with vegan activism was meant to be almost like a bit of a uh, of a gap year as I figured out what I wanted to do next. And it was a gap year that turned into three, I suppose, um, of like full-time vegan activism. I was um, kind of just backpacking and um, going from event to conference to festival, just anywhere that I felt like I could um, basically uh, make an impact with regards to getting people a step closer to veganism. And, you know, all of this was, of course, interesting and, um, and, and uh, attractive content to be posting online. Um, so my following kind of grew from this travel slash activism content um, and was a nice mix of, of vegans and also people like, I, I want to say pre-vegans, people who were 
you know, obviously curious enough about me and what I was doing to be following me, but um, I, I had enough of a mix in there of not explicitly vegan stuff that um, when I did post something vegan, I had a big pool of, of non-vegans to be talking to, which I think is very important because I think sometimes in the vegan activism social media community, we don't realize we're talking to an echo chamber, right? If, if, our, if our audience is 90% vegan, um, it's just, it's, uh, it's, it's important to try to broaden that and, and realize that our, our goal audience here is non-vegans, of course. Um, so yeah, it just, it just kind of grew through my travels and, um, and just, it, it was, it was a really beautiful journey. Actually. I, I was able to connect with so many amazing people all over the world. I got so much joy out of, out of being able to get people a step closer to this thing that they were now inspired to do. Um, it felt like a really impor important life purpose of mine. Um, got to connect with some really great, um, companies in the holistic healthcare and, and wellness world. And um, yeah, I, I still I still plan on on continuing with that. Um, I back in this was December now, I kind of was just thinking that I would take a couple weeks, maybe a month off, you know, it, it had been several years at that point of just of in an impactful way, but but a, a lot of screen time, you know, a, a lot of being on my phone, a lot of like I said, strategically posting just interesting content about my life and what I was up to um, with the intention of growing a non-vegan audience that I could then talk to about veganism. But it's, it's, it's a fuzzy line, right? And as self-aware as you, as you uh, in, intend to be, it, it is easy to kind of lose your days or lose some of your days in the filming, right? And in, and in the, um, the, 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 the public appearance and in um, putting stuff online. And I was just feeling a little bit burnt out by that. And I recognized it was time for a little break and I was just going to take a break till the new year. And yeah, now it's six months later and I, and I don't know when I'll be back on Instagram, but um, at some point, like I said, it's so impactful and I, I look forward to reconnecting with my community, but it, it, I really needed to take a step back and just focus on like my real life family and friends and my real life community and just my, you know, just, day-to-day -day life that was not at all influenced by the energy or the opinions of, of thousands of strangers around the world. It was just feeling a bit overwhelming. So it's been a, it's been a beautiful detox. And, and I, um, I feel like my return to social media will allow me to have a much healthier relationship with, um, with, with all of it because of this detox. Well, there's so much, uh, there's so much to get into that, um, but but I guess just to to make sure I understand, what was it largely uh, the the kind of pressure, the obligation, the the day to day uh, work of of uh, engaging in social media, like you say, it, it it can certainly absorb a lot of time, especially if you're engaging with a a large community. Um, you know, I, I can certainly tell you from my perspective that uh, um, more than once have I have I wanted to put up a uh, out of office reply on my inbox because <laughs> um, I I you know my my emails are out there in the world and and I welcome uh, you know questions and comments and stories and and have had so much fun connecting with the Nomad Athlete community as well as the the communities that have grown. Uh, around our other businesses like Complement and, and 8020 Plants. Um, 
and uh but more than once i've i felt like putting up a big billboard that says like there's only one of me and there's a lot of you and <laughs> i can't take this so so was it more that that feeling or or was there some sort of you know kind of toxicity which certainly exists out in the the social media waves or um or was it truly just sort of like a a, a nice combination of everything uh that that forces you just to say I, I need to go inward for a little bit. Um, yeah, that's that's well said. It was it was m- more so just a feeling of needing to go inward. I, I didn't find much toxicity in my community on Instagram, which is mostly where I was spending my time on the internet. Um, you know, really, really beautiful, amazing community. Um, but it was it was more so just the idea that there's there's something called Dunbar's number, which is 150, and it represents the maximum number of um, interpersonal relationships our brains are capable of having as humans. And it, it basically relates to the idea that we used to live in these tribes of like, you know, a few dozen people and we knew everyone very well and we got to see these same people every single day. And that was very healthy for our mental and emotional health. Um, and nowadays, you know, we're, we're living in these more kind of isolated lives where we don't see our our real life people um, that often or that consistently. And we're, we're more immersed in this online world of having hundreds of, you know, awesome people that we're connecting with, but it's, it's, it's a weird feeling of, um, of, of spreading our, um, our, our social worlds almost so vastly that it gets a bit thin. And I was just feeling like I, I had, um, like you said, yeah, I felt obligated to just be constantly responding to messages and helping where I could. And um, it was just, I, I felt energetically connected to, to tens of thousands of people. And it was just, it, it was just a lot. And I, I it, it was, uh, I think we all need, we all have those kind of more like private personal um, phases in our life where really what would serve us best is just to like get quiet and almost like, um, try to explore mental minimalism in our lives and get rid of as much of the noise as possible and just uh, focus on what really matters. And um, yeah, it was, it, it, it was a, it was a very important time for me to um, focus on, on just that, that the small circle of things that I kept in my life that I decided really mattered and give that my full attention for a little while. Um, And, uh, and yeah, it's, 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 it's been, it's been a really interesting journey, actually. It's been, it's been a really, I, I've, like I said, with regards to like, I guess this is, a, for anyone listening, this is a little bit of like the behind the scenes of, of quote unquote, an, a, an influencer um, life. But of course, because you, you know, it's, there's like as authentic as you try to be, it's a highlight reel. Of course it is. But there's this sense as you go through your days, if if you're someone who um, part of your content is sharing just what your life is just out of interest to the people who want to see that there's definitely a a lack of privacy there. Right. And also a sense of, Hmm, is this something I'm going to share? And it just, even if it's a quick little 15 second clip, it just takes you out of the moment in in that moment. Um, And it was, I, I just wanted to just, just, live a week without having to put any thought into if any of that was marketable for Instagram, right? Which is, which is what you end up getting into the habit of doing when you're used to sharing your life online, especially as a career. Yeah. Um, By the way, mental minimalism. uh, Did you, did you come up with that? (laughs) 
Um, no, I've heard a, a few people talk about that. There's this, uh, um, yeah, it's, it's, I'll give you, I'll give you credit for it anyway. It's great. <laughs> um, you probably heard me, uh, typing cause I, I wanted to be sure to, uh, to make note of that so we could call it out and, and maybe the, the episode's title, um, Ooh. But it's true that, that it can really be uh, all-encompassing, even if you don't realize that it's all-encompassing, but it's, it's almost a wavelength. I am terrible at social media, um, and so that's why this topic fascinates me so much. Um, <laughs> what do you mean by terrible? I, I don't prioritize it, and I don't find it easy. Um, I'm not of the generation where, you know, like I see my, my nephews who are in uh, high school and middle school now, and, and they just like, they, they just like take this weird angle and stick their tongue out and like the background's <laughs> like a parking garage and they post it. And it's like, cause they, 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 I think have grown up in a world of this kind of ephemeral universal contribution of I mean, just nothingness, right? Um, not not to downplay the the significance of social media that we've seen, you know, from from the Arab Arab Spring and the revolutions across the world since then, and and just a, an overall, I think, um, uh, deep change in in the way that um, you know government and uh, the relationship between people and and government and accountability of, of rich, powerful, usually white men. I mean, there's just unbelievable uh, uh, transformations happening because of social media. So like, that's, that's awesome, right? But, yes. but then there's also like this really, um, I think almost, uh, um, yeah, like I say, kind of a, a ephemerality, like nothing, nothing matters in these younger uh, kids' lives when it comes to like posting this picture, because like there are billions of those pictures, right? And, mm-hmm. and they've been posted since they were like born on their mother's Instagram account. And like, and that one picture doesn't matter. And as a result, <laughs> there's some like, there's something really cool about that um, because they just live their life publicly. Uh, and that's, that's really foreign to me. And I'm really bad at it. Like I'm a little bit, sounds like more like you in the sense that I think about my kids' privacy. I think about like, what do I want to share? You know, I, mm. I, I, and again, like my, um, my life is just one that I have, uh, tried to build around, um, deep, meaningful work and deep, meaningful relationships, um, and, and so it doesn't really uh, fit to like be like, oh, I want to post this picture, you know, like it just, mm-hmm. it's like this injection. But, um, but the reason why I say I'm, I'm really bad at it, as opposed to saying like social media is terrible and no one should do it, like is because I recognize all of the very positive impacts that, that this uh, global connectivity actually creates um and i want to be a part of it and and probably most of all um you know i have something of a responsibility to be a part of it as a spokesperson for the organizations that that i lead um and i'm really bad at that (laughs) you know um i write a lot of emails you know uh um but but i'm just not like i say 
accustomed to sticking my tongue out and taking this picture in a parking garage because like I just arrived at my destination <laughs> like I just I don't think people care about that and I'm well you totally I'm, don't I'm just, have to you know yeah, like fair. I think that there's so many different ways to to connect with people on on Instagram I, I think I think the one that the downside to what you mentioned about your nephews like living these public lives and I see the same with my younger cousins is I mean we, we just we're, we're guinea pigs to use it an awful non-vegan term, I guess. Um, <laughs> but but we, we are essentially like the, the test subjects of being the stars of our own reality shows. Like look at, look at, you know, conventional reality TV before social media. Those people are insane. Like those, you know, like that is, that's not something to aspire towards for the most part. Um, I mean, and, and now almost all of us, especially people who are really immersed in the world of, of sharing their lives publicly on, on social media, we are placing ourselves at the center of a reality show that we are responsible for producing. That's, it's, I don't know, like that's, a, that, that's a dangerous road to go down for our human egos, you know? Um, but yeah, I think, I think that there's, especially if you are on social media for work, like you said, to represent your companies or for activism or a mix of both. I think if there's a reason outside of yourself or outside of the external validation you inevitably get um, that is making you feel like social media is a valuable tool for you, it's important to recognize that it's part of what attracts people to looking at the content you want them to look at. For example, you know, stuff about a new awesome product you're launching or, um, you know, something to do with a, a social justice cause that you care about people are intrigued by other people's lives. And that's why this, influ this influencer culture has taken off so heavily because I think that um, despite, despite how, how gross parts of it might be, we're just, we're just fascinated to um, be able to have an inside look um, it, like into the lives of people we, we are intrigued by. And I think that that's an important part of like showing up on social media effectively, which is why I felt like I needed to take a break because I was like, nah, I can't do this right now. Like I need a break from this side of it. But I think that to share little bits and pieces of like who you are and what your days look like um, is, is actually a really good strategy for increasing engagement for the things that you want people to see, you know, like just talking about uh, something you did that day and then sharing about, you know, the, like, you know, the, the, the main piece of content that, that you're strategically trying to get more eyes on that would get people to go vegan or get people to know about something um, that your company is doing. Uh, but it's, it's, it's about having that balance, right? And maybe saying, okay, like perhaps one day a week, I, I'm intentionally going to, um, you know, maybe take a few like 10, 15 second clips throughout the week of just cool things that I'm doing that I'd like to share. And then one or two days a week, I can, I can package this into um, an Instagram story of just sharing a little bit about my life. Like that's something that I'm considering doing when I go back instead of just sharing day to day, kind of perhaps weekly sharing a few clips that I, I felt like I'd like to make public that week. Um, but, you know, it's going to look different for everyone. I just think it's really important that we, that we're, it's a conscious choice, but it sounds like that's exactly what you're doing with your, you know, with your consciously led life and conscious relationships. I, I think that uh, this is just another layer of that. Yeah, I, I, uh, I don't know how conscious I am, but I appreciate the compliment. <laughs> I'm doing, <laughs> well, so doing the what best term I did can. You use? What term did you use with regards to your, like your, uh, well, intentional work or intentional relationships? 
Yeah, me, me, meaningful work, meaningful yes. relationships, yes. which is something I I, uh, I have to give credit to uh, Ray Dalio, who's a lot smarter than me uh, and has been formative in, in how I structure uh, my life. And, and I, I stole that term. Um, but intentionality, uh, which is what you're talking about, is, mm-hmm. is absolutely um, a part of it. I think, you know, most of us, uh, and this ties nicely into social media, um, most of us don't really appreciate that time is is so malleable um, and and so finite. It really is the most valuable resource, and and so I find myself thinking about time, managing time, you know, deciding where I, I spend my time uh, far more than I, I think uh, a lot of people do, and and that's my one recommendation to to everybody is, is to focus as, as much as possible on where are you spending your time? Where, where, where does your energy go each day? And, and mm. is it, you know, deeply rewarding? Um, you know, because we're, we're, we're all gonna look back. It's like the, uh, the stoic philosophy of, uh, I think it's, I don't know how to pronounce the Latin, but I say momentum mori, where like you have reminders of your own death and, it sounds super depressing, um, but to me, it's actually really liberating uh, because, like, thinking about your own demise and and just how precious life is. Um, uh, you know, I got in a, a, a traumatic bike crash a couple of years ago, and like, literally every day since, because I have scars on my face, <laughs> um, I think about it. You know, and uh, and I think about how lucky. I am to not have brain damage or to not have died because um, I very much could have. It was it was kind of close, <laughs> um, wow. and and so you know, like I say, that intentionality um, I think can sometimes you know you don't you don't realize when you're using social media for 20, 30 minutes, and all of a sudden an hour goes by, and and uh, um, and and so yeah, just being super focus on on where I spend time is is probably my my secret weapon um before we run out of time speaking of uh <laughs> I have to ask so you've been off social media for I, I think you said about six months or so um w- what's the biggest change or the the biggest takeaway uh it sounds like you're gonna go back but you're being intentional about how that looks but but for, for people who are contemplating like a a digital detox of this nature. Um, what, what's the biggest takeaway for you? Mm, good question. Um, a lot more presence. A lot more presence. Just, just a, an ability to sink into moments without feeling like I need to go check my phone. You know, like like entire days, entire evenings with friends where I. It's just, it's not, it doesn't even come to mind. Um, Cause of course there's still texts and I still use my phone to, to be social to a degree. Um, but because I mean, social media is designed to be so addictive and it's something that like, once you have a little bit of distance from that, from that addiction and that dopamine pathway, you realize that um, like a lot of those little moments of discontent uh, throughout your days is coming from feeling like you need to be doing something other than what you're doing. And through having a little break from social media, I've found that there's a lot less of that. And there's a lot more of me just being able to 
fully soak up a moment with with my eyes and or with my camera sometimes but just to to have a quick shot of a memory that's for me you know and instead of also having to add the layer of is this is is this something that I can make public and should I take another shot and like as much as you're trying perhaps not to do that it's still going to be there in the back of your mind if you're um if you're just connected to that world constantly throughout your days without any break from it um it, it's going to be tugging at your psyche a little bit um and it just gives you yeah it's it's definitely given me a uh, more peace more more peace for sure peace and and presence is always something that i think uh we we need more of in our lives <laughs> um, yeah, <great. laughs> as as we wrap up um do you have a, a call to action or a, a parting wish for, for people who might be listening? Oh, wow. Um, well, I no, assume... pr- no pressure. <laughs> no, I think, well, I... I think Tim Ferriss uh, puts it really well to, to depressure the, uh, the moment and give you time to, to think. Um, he always asks his guests if you could have a, a giant billboard somewhere, what, what would it say? So if that's an easier... Uh, thing to imagine. Um, uh, we, can, we can go with that question. What would you put on your billboard? Mm, I'd have to think more about the wording before it's on a billboard. But I just just along the lines of that intentionality we were talking about that that consciousness. Just just that in all the things you do. I mean, I assume that much of your audience is is vegan. But um, with regards to your food choices and and all your choices throughout your day, try to bring a level of consciousness and awareness to it so that you're not just you're not just going from habit to behavior um with a with a sense of reactivity right and and you're giving yourself enough of that space whether it's through um a yoga practice or meditation practice or simply a few deep breaths like like something as simple as that before you make a choice of what you're going to do next can really make a massive difference in you being able to choose that next thing consciously and intentionally and with awareness and, and make more meaningful choices in your life. So wherever we can do that in, in the ways that we interact with the, with the people in our lives, you know, um, and, and the way we want to speak to our loved ones and, and just, just every single thing we do throughout our day, wherever possible, just, just bringing it back to um, like having a bit of a consciousness check-in of okay, like just focusing on the sensations in, in the moment, taking a deep breath, and then um, using your power of awareness to decide what you want to do next, instead of just in, instead of just being swept along. Because that's that's the cool part of of these lives that we get to design them, right? And we get to uh, and we get to largely um, manifest what comes next based on our our conscious actions in this moment. Well, I, uh, I can't think of a better place to, to leave our conversation than, than there. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, I think we could go on and on because now you're, you're getting into some topics that I'm super passionate about, you know, manifestation and mindfulness and, and uh, like we talked about the, the intentionality with which we all get to design uh, a beautiful life. So um, Carly, I think most of all, uh, um, thank you for, for being such a shining example of that. Um, even though you're not living it publicly today, uh, I, I, <laughs> um, it's clear that you're, you're touching a lot of lives before and, and I'm sure after your, 
your social media detox and, and in between uh, with those around you more closely connected. So we will, we will look forward to um, when you come back into the public sphere. <laughs> uh, usually <laughs> I ask where, where people can find you. Um, but as I, as I was doing some research, uh, it is nearly impossible to find <laughs> you, which is super cool. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I deactivated my Instagram just so I could like, you know, I, I felt like if I just deleted the app, I'd be a little bit too tempted to, to perhaps like redownload it before I was ready. Um, but I'll be back soon in the next few months, I think. Um, so just, I mean, if you search for Carly Taylor at some point in the future, you'll probably be able to find me on Instagram again. Just, just out of curiosity, like deleting the, app, the account, does that wipe your past history of photos as well? So you're coming no. back totally fresh? No, not at all. So it's actually just the best of both worlds. I just got to freeze everything. So like, it's not, you can't search for my account or anything right now, but when I'm ready to reactivate it, um, I get to just return to my community as it was, which is really cool. That, that is cool. Okay. So less, less intimidating yeah. for those who, who want to de deactivate and detox for a little bit. So I'm, I'm yeah, glad yeah, we, sure. we called that out. Well, um, Carly, I hope you have a great rest of your morning down under and uh, thank you, you again have a great so evening. much. For, I, I will. I will. Um, uh, yeah. Thank you again for, for spending time with us and, and sharing your story. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate it. You too.